This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Play Counts. Playcounts.com. Check it out. That's where Danita hangs out online. And remember, if you like the podcast, share it with a friend. Welcome to the Child Care Power Grill Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson. With me are co-hosts Danita Dinger and Lisa Murphy. Why don't you order a drink, kick back, grab an appetizer, and join us for some child care conversation. And microphones are armed and we're rolling. All righty. Welcome back. This is the podcast number five, episode number five. What are we calling these episodes? They're, they're episodes. I call it, that's what my daughter has. She has episodes. She's a teenager and they have episodes. These are podcasts. It's a much better word to me right now in life. Episode podcast five. Welcome. <laughs> All right, so uh, so we're talking about books today. Oh, and by the way, you're listening to Child Care Bar and Grill. Yeah. Um, uh, we've been recording a bunch of these today, and I've been at the bar a little bit. So uh, <laughs> they're just going to hopefully they're be getting less, it, less coherent or sillier as we go on. You just never know what way it could go. So we're talking about books. Uh, we're going to be introducing a segment later on that's called Danita's 30-second book review as if she could do a book review 30 in 30 seconds. seconds. Uh, that'll be a ton of fun. Those <laughs> are going to Those are going to be children's books. Right now, uh, we're going to discuss uh, our books for a while. I, I, how did our first book come about? I'm not really sure how it came. I think it came about just like the podcast did, an email <laughs> where Jeff said, hey, you want to write a book with me? And I said, Yes. I, I think it took a while. But. Yeah, I did. yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of had a him and haw a little I think, bit about that. I think it that. was there was a, um, mm. and then there were like, uh, what, three or four months of, of arguing. Uh, oh, there was over, lots of arguing. Over, over email, and then Redleaf Press approved it, and uh, it turned into our book, Let Them Play, an early learning uncurriculum. Here's what it's like to work with Jeff, people. One time he emailed me. We were in, a, we were in an argument, and I was done arguing, and I said, from the movie My Girl, when she tells him, come back in five to seven days. So I told Jeff, come back in five to seven days. I'm crabby right now. So he would not respond to anything I sent him for not five, but seven days. And reminded me again and again and again that he said, remember, you said, don't come back for five to seven days. So uh, I thought this was a guy. I thought guys were supposed to do what they're told. So yeah, you did do I, a good job of doing what you were told. Tasha's taught you well. She, this she, is true. She's trained me. What <laughs> right. did it make me mad? <laughs> <laughs> Steaming. <laughs> anyway, that's one thing. That's I'm, how the book came about. That's one thing. Maybe, we're going to be doing an episode later called about, about relationships. Maybe we should save this stuff for then. But the yeah. other thing I've noticed is that when we when we disagree about things when we're writing, um, the the calmer I get. The matter I get. The matter you get. <laughs> I find it hilarious. <laughs> and so, and so, um, what's your favorite book? My favorite book of all time? Yeah, like. Childcare related or? Oh, no. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm 50, a huge. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy Fifty Shades of Grey. However, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. So I would have to, I would have to say the whole Harry Potter series is one of my all-time favorite reads. You're, you're eight? Mm-mm. No, I read them as a complete and total 100% adult. I haven't haven't read them. They're awesome. Haven't read them? Tasha have, has, I think. She's a yeah, fan. Yeah, she's read them. I haven't, mm-hmm. haven't read them. Uh, yeah, those would be my, my ap- absolutely 
favorite, favorite books. Okay, so favorite, favorite kids book, favorite piece of children's literature. Favorite piece of children's literature. Oh, gosh. Jeff, I don't know. I have so many. It's hard to say which one. Um, I love rhyming books. And I don't remember, actually, The Napping. I, I have to say a couple. The Napping House by Audrey Wood and The Gruffalo by Julia Donaldson would probably have to be two of my favorites. I love reading those aloud. They're really fun read-aloud books. I love to, I love reading. So I'd have to say those two. Yeah, those are good ones. I like, I'm, I'm more old school. I kind of like corduroy. And that's mostly because mm. it was my son's favorite book when he was little. And, and Green Eggs and Ham because... Oh, yeah, that's good too. Because uh, that Sam I am, he's such a scamp. And uh, I'm all about that. So those are good ones. Another, another good one is classic, the, the spooky old tree. Berenstain Bears. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't go the wrong with the bears. Tree. Mm-hmm. Poor Papa Bear. He seems so put upon, so... So beat down by life. Yeah, sometimes. well, he's not in this book, so it's all good. Uh, poor what he. It's rhyming. What, it's, it's one of those first readers. What is his, his agent? They couldn't come up with a deal, so Papa <laughs> no, Bear sat no, out the Papa book. No, Papa Bear or is not in it. He's on the last page, I think, when they safely make it home. Huh? He must have. Maybe he was in rehab or something, and they couldn't. I have no idea. But it, it's one of those books that you could read. I, I could literally probably spend the entire day reading that aloud to my kids. And at one part in the book, um, they have to make a choice of whether or not to go over the Great Sleeping Bear. And so I have, I had literally at this point read this book to this, this group of children, probably, I mean, I mean, I am not even exaggerating, 50 to 70 times. And my little Jack goes when we're at that page. And I said, do they dare go over the great sleeping bear? And Jack looks at me and he goes, Nita, why don't they ever just go around him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so, so books... Uh... Is there a future in them? I mean, you're sitting there. You got your uh, your Christmas iPad all jacked up on mm-hmm. your fancy little turquoise uh, stand with your keyboard and everything. Um, I I the only books I buy now are on my for my Kindle. Um, is there? Much I don't think children's books? children's books won't ever go away. You think? No, because I will always buy them. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, <laughs> if the market... And it's all about me, after all. If the market gets down to just you, that's going to be pretty... They're going to be pretty <laughs> I'm expensive. going to feel really special. They're going to be pretty expensive, too. <laughs> I mean, my, 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 my grandbaby, Rowan, the other day, I was sitting reading on my Kindle, and she was reaching for that. And and pretty soon, I mean, with the with the tablets and everything, they're, they're doing great children's books on, on, on these e-devices already and on the tablets... Um, yeah, but you can't hold them up and read those to a group of children. Oh, yeah. Well, sure you can. You can project them onto a 70-inch plasma TV. Oh, that would be so sad. Why? No. I don't know. You just need to hold a book. You need to smell a book. You need to experience a book with all your senses, and you can't do that on a tablet. Experience a book with... Oh, wait, you, you, do you... I can't remember the last time I smelt a book. <laughs> Seriously? You don't smell a fresh book? <gasps> and think of all the books that have been chewed on. Yeah, you can taste yeah, a book, you can smell a book, I you can touch a book, you can see a book. I you can even hear a book, that I cracking of the spine of yeah, a nice I, new can, hardcover book. You can get an MP3 of that. I haven't tasted a book since I was probably 18 months old. Yeah, but it's something we've all done. Yeah. It's in there. But you know what? We get the books taken away from us when we do that. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. What this the, is why they make board books. That's something. What do you, squishy books. What do you think about the future is of books for kids? What's, what's, what's the future technology going to be? If you, uh, if you have an opinion, have an idea, have a thought, get a hold of us, let us know. We'd like to hear from you. Another thing, um, 
let's talk about our writing process because we're we're about to start our third book together. I can't I can't believe it. The, the I can't believe that Jeff is <laughs> willing to stick with me through another book. The second, quite frankly, when I got that email, my jaw dropped. I'm like, seriously? The second the second one's going to be out later in in 2013, uh, and we're 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 starting the third one, which will be another activity book. Um, go ahead, describe our process. I write and send it to Jeff. Jeff writes, then Jeff makes mine look better and puts it together with his. And then there's another editor, Beth, who's awesome and just amazing and totally gets us, which takes a very special person to completely get Jeff and I. And she reads over it. Then we read over what she changed. And there's one more step, isn't there? Somebody yeah, else forget, looks at it again. Well, no, there's there's other post production. I mean, and production pictures. Things. We gotta find pictures and to go with it. You forget. You forget the most important part. Coming up with the stuff to write about. No, nah, we, we're pretty good at that. Um, procrastination. Oh gosh, I'm the queen of procrastination. Well, I do I my love best. It. It's my favorite part too. I do my best work under the. I mean, seriously. Yeah, we procrastinate. I, I procrastinate a ton. I think I procrastinate worse than Jeff does. So basically what you do is you 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 get uh, the green light for the book, and then a month or two later you sign the contract, and and then you, uh, you put together an outline, and then you go do other stuff for like six months. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you do the writing because deadline is coming and you have to. Uh, and actually with these activity books, what happens is – for me, and I'm pretty sure it works the same for Jeff. Jeff, Jeff maybe uses a little more things that, that from he's got just a bigger brain file than I do. So my my stuff comes like literally today from what my my kids do. I mean, I I'll take the credit for it, sure, but really, it's most of the stuff that's in our book comes from is from kids. It's what they did with objects that we chose to put in front of them, and then they take it from there. For me, the procrastination is my favorite part because that's that's when I, I get things done around the house. We've we put a it's been running for a little over a year now. We put a pond in the yard and I, I hand dug this fourteen thousand gallon pond while I was putting off doing some writing. But for me the Why he didn't buy a shovel is beyond me. Yeah, yeah, I should <laughs> Dang, they, shovels, that would have been a great idea. I've still got a picture of you just down on your hands and yeah, knees. Kind of digging go for, in the soil. Gopher style. Yeah. No, you guys should see Jeff's house. He needs to do but, a podcast on just his house. But but anyway, that that whole process of, of I like to do the busy work stuff um, because it's time to it's it's an opportunity to think about all the stuff that's eventually going to go into print. But then but then I think in Danita's description, I think one of the other things she left out is the the disagreements, and uh, and we tend to go through a couple series serieses series rounds series, a couple rounds. I think of, that's what they call it in the boxing world. <laughs> <laughs> rounds about disagreements and yeah. and and because the and thing I is, think sometimes Jeff does it on purpose because he knows it just gets me all mad and fired up and then that just makes me more passionate. He's smarter than he seems. People, he's got an ulterior motive every time because it ends up making me think more about what I believe in and what I think is right. I mean, don't tell him this, but seriously, his I have changed totally how I run my program from the first day that I ever heard Jeff speak. I'm gonna. You didn't hear that, I'm Jeff. Gonna, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highlight This that. podcast will <laughs> self-destruct. <laughs> Danita's 30-second book review. Let's start the timer.
Hey, this is Jeff Johnson. I'm here with another, with another 30 second book review with Danita Dinger. Danita, what do you got for us today? And let's hear about it. Uh, today I have Chalk by Bill Thompson. The beautiful thing about Chalk is there's not a single word in it. So the boys and girls get to own that book. They get to put words in that book. They need to make sense of the storyline. It's a great imaginative book. Have Chalk and Water handy when you share this book with young children. Again, that's Chalk by Bill Thompson. Shazam, folks. That was close to 30 seconds. Wow, that was 30 seconds. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks. We'll be back. Bye-bye. This has been Danita's 30-second book review. No, the thing is, I think I think one of the other hard things about the writing process is the the editing because on on the 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 Let Them Play book, we had to cut 30, 40, 50 pages. And after you procrastinate for six months and then you do the writing and then the editing starts and you have to cut stuff. That it hurts. You, it, it hurts. And so it, it's kind of like your baby and you want to, you want to hold on to it. And, uh, and so the first, the first book, it's really hard to do that. And I got really, I forgot about that. I got really defensive yeah. on some of those things. Yeah. Because, because it's like, it's, they're, they're like <laughs> your children, your ideas are your children. And, and, and then the, the second one, the second one you didn't, oh, there wasn't quite as many edits in the no, second one, huh. but, but still you were, eh, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. And the third one, it'll be, yeah, crap. I don't care. Cut it. I don't, yeah. Oh. And, and it's so, true. That yeah. is very true. And so yeah. That, that's a hard part. Um, and so for me, for me, the best part about about a book is um, when it's done. <laughs> when you hold it in your hands. No, I don't even care about that. It's it's when when I when I push send to send the final edit off to Redleaf for them to do whatever magic they do. Because what they do is they 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 make it look pretty. And, and that makes us look a lot smarter than we really are. Mm -hmm. And, and so when, when, when that email is sent, then it's done. And, and then I forget about it. And then a couple months later, six months later, whatever the, the actual book shows up and you An go, eternity oh, later. Oh, oh crap, we've made this. Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of great. But it's that pushing send on that, that, that final email is the, is the greatest part. The, the second nope, greatest it's part. When you touch when you it gotta and touch you it. smell it and you hear it open. You smell it. <laughs> And you taste that sucker. <laughs> yeah, I, I can just picture you. You getting that first one. Actually, you licking Lick it. it. <laughs> like, it's, like it's a scratch and sniff. Oh, there's a good idea, though. Here's some thoughts from Lisa on the topic of books from somewhere on the road or about to be on the road or on her way home from the road. Lisa's, Lisa's always on the road. I wish I had her energy. Here's Lisa. So today we are talking about books, and uh, Danita and Jeff gave me lots of a license in regard to how I was going to approach this, and I have taken that license, as it were, and I have decided that I am going to share my thoughts with you about something I've been thinking a lot about probably for the last... 18 months or so. Uh, if you have seen my Books and Stories workshop within that same time frame, you are familiar with what I am now referring to as the Lisa Murphy book audit. And by the book audit, what I mean is that I think it is time for us to start paying attention to some of what I call the minutia, the fine details of what we are calling our book centers. Mem Fox was the keynote speaker last November at the NAEYC conference down in uh, Atlanta. 
And it was very exciting to go see her and sit there and receive her message. What's the point? What I'd like to start off my little chat with you here with is what she told us. She said, from this point forward, in her amazingly beautiful Australian accent, she said, the next time from this point forward that you pick up a book, before you begin reading it to the children, you need to say to yourself, what I'm about to do is amazingly important. And that needs to guide the way in which you present that story, the way in which you read that book. We need to read well. We need to read often. And I know you know that. Let's go back and look actually at our book center. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right in here. I'm going to walk you through, very briefly, the Lisa Murphy book audit. The first thing that I would like to suggest or to even challenge you to do is to go back and look at all of the books in your program. So if you're in a center, I want you to go look at all of the books that are in your book center, in your classroom. Whether you have books in one part of the room or in 10 parts of the room, I want you to make a pile of all of the books that the kids are currently exposed to. If you're family child care, same thing. Gather them all up and you know, open a bottle of red. Let's make this happen. We're going to go through, we're going to look at all of the books. Center-based people, you can't drink at school. You will need to wait until you get home, just as a little sidebar there. Um, so I want you to make a pile. And the first thing I want you to do is separate from that pile every book in that pile that you have not read. If you yourself are not familiar with the story, if it's been a very long time and you're not sure how it goes, or if you have just plain never, ever read it, I want you to put it in its own pile. So now we have two piles. We've got the pile of all the books, and now we have a first separate pile of the books that you have never read. It is Sudden Death to read a book to a group of children that you yourself have never read. And for what it's worth, it's not necessarily because it is potentially inappropriate in any way, uh, although that phrase could be interpreted in 99 different ways. But what I'm saying is that it's not that all, you know, all of a sudden there's going to be like 14 naked people or something in the middle of the book. I don't mean like that kind of inappropriate. What I mean is that if you're not familiar with it, you might know that on page six there's some big monster that jumps out and all the kids who know the book are going to like dive bomb and make a dog pile in the middle of the carpet. You need to be prepared for that. So that's what I'm saying. That's that's my intention behind that. So number two, I want you to now go through the pile of books that's, that's left, and I want you to make an, another separate pile. Now we're going to have two separate piles, and in this book, it's going to go every single book that is linked to a show, a TV show, a movie, anything commercialized, anything that is linked to a, a commercialized image or TV show or movie is going in its own pile. Okay, so so now your 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 initial pile is getting, I'm guessing, a little bit a little bit smaller. Now you're going to look at that pile that's left, and you are going to flip through and and flip through every single book there, and and anything that is ripped and torn beyond repair. If, if there's six out of those twelve pages are missing, and you have no idea where those other pages are, put it in the pile. Gone. Anything but ripped, torn that's beyond repair. And, uh, and, and I'll do a little sidebar here too. For books that get ripped after you've conducted your book audit, I want you to make a book hospital. Many of you have heard me say this before. I want you to get a big box. I want you to paint it white with red crosses on each side. It's the book hospital. So uh, after you've done your audit, and we'll get to that, of course, here in a minute, then from that point forward, every, every book that does get ripped and torn that becomes mendable goes to the book hospital until you kind of calm down and aren't freaking out and can actually have that child assist you in 
mending the book. So, so at this point now, you have your original big stack of book that is slowly dwindling down. You have the pile of the books that you've never read. You have another pile of all the commercialized books. And now you have another pile of ripped, torn books that are completely beyond repair. Then the next thing that you have to do is you have to look at the pile of the books that have left, that have, that have as it were, made it, made it through this fire in your audit. And I want you to look at every single one of them, and I want you to flip through each and every single one of them, and I want you to ask yourself a very serious question. I want you to ask yourself, would you read it to Lisa Murphy? Would you read it to Jeff Johnson? Would you read it to Danita Dinger? Would you, at the end of the day, pick up your phone and say, my gosh, this needs to be shared. This is a good book. And if you are not willing or would not read it to one of us, to your spouse, to your girlfriend, to your boyfriend, to your mother, to your dad, to your grandma, to your grandpa, to your kindergarten teacher. If you would not read that book to another peer, I am honestly and with every ounce of sincerity in my body asking you why in the world you would be reading it to a group of children. Why? Why, 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 why? And if you would not read it, then it is now going to go into its own pile. You're going to remove that from your book center. And after you have filtered all of your currently available books through this filter, you are going to have what, in my honest opinion, represents a very strong, high-quality book center for the children that in your program. And at that point, then, you're going to look at the pile of books that you yourself have never read, and you're going to run those books through the same four-step process. From that pile of books that you've never, ever, ever read, you know, one, read them. Two, if they're commercialized, get rid of them. Number three, if they're ripped or torn, they go in the pile. And if, uh, if they're missing pages, of course, uh, yeah, missing pages, ripped, torn books, all go in that pile. And, and then, it, again, whatever is left at that point, would you read it to a peer, to a colleague, to your mother, to your grandma? One of the things that, that, I'm, that always amazes me is that some of the books that, that early childhood educators for years and years and years have all connected with and resonated with, the reason why some of those books are considered classics is, is, is not necessarily because of their, like, um, what am I trying to say? It's not because they're good children's books. It's because they're good books, period. And, and a lot of the books that are quote-unquote good books kind of rise above the genre of being children's literature because they're just really well written. Paying attention to this minutia is very, 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 very important. A, a librarian at a gig I did the other night actually said that the best books have the shortest shelf life. And I really like that. And it made me start to realize and think and, and ponder that, that I'm, I'm imagining that getting new copies of some of those classic favorites is probably money well spent, potentially even money better spent than going out and buying a bunch of new books that potentially might not make it through the audit. My ultimate goal when it comes to books and stories and literature is to assist children in falling in love with that entire process, the process of reading, that stories can transport you, that they can write their own stories, 
that they themselves can potentially see themselves as the main character in those books. That's my goal. I want them to just fall in love with books and with reading. And that's going to happen because I read frequently to them. I read well to them. I read often to them. And I read the kind of books that Mem Fox talks about, the books that make you cry and laugh and vomit and giggle and essentially reminds us that if there's not an emotional response of some sort to the book, that it's not worth your time or your money or, or wasting our, our precious, precious trees. For more, I would really invite you, of course, to print out my Books and Stories handout off of my website, which many of you are know is ooeygooey.com, and I'm sure Jeff can get clever and put a link in somewhere here in this podcast for you. Um, but, but print it out and take a peek at it and, and read those steps of the audit. And if you're not ready to go back and do it, then, you know, fine, I'll, fine, you know, I can make room for that. But I still want you to go back and start thinking about the books that we have out there. Are the books in your program placed there with intention or are they the same books that we've had you know since 1975 and you know we haven't opened them in months and haven't read them in a very long time and uh sorry i do apologize we work next door to a company that rebuilds motors for muscle cars and it appears as though he's testing one okay maybe i'll try and wrap this up so print out my Books and Stories handout. It has some of my favorite book suggestions in it. It has the audit steps in it. It also includes some of my favorite chapter books, which I also love to read at nap time and at snack time and at any kind of meal time. Uh, uh, any opportunity for us to allow the children to practice using their imaginations and making the pictures up in their heads. That's wonderful. Uh, t all too often, our children are kind of subjected to only having the opportunity to recreate and act out the images and the stories that they have been given. And I think we are better served reminding them that they too have their own stories. Bev Boz told me many years ago that one of our goals and objectives and requirements and obligations as early childhood people are to read, 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 until we think our lips are going to fall off. And then at that point, we need to read one more. And so this new activity book we're doing, we're going to be like we did with the last one, we're going to be test driving ideas. And so if you're interested in helping us test drive those ideas, we're going to be looking for volunteers on our on our Let Them Play Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash let them play book. And uh, if, you, if you follow that page. Really, Jeff? Say that again slower. Facebook.com slash let them play book. Got that? Okay. All right. Move on. People can rewind, you know. <laughs> oh, they can. They want to, yeah. <laughs> This is a podcast. It's you can even hit pause and go get a pen, I suppose. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, anyway, on, on that Facebook page, when we uh, start doing test drives for this new activity book, we're going to be looking for some some people to uh, try things out, give us feedback, and uh, and help us along with it. Uh, we had great success with, with that with the last one. Um, and uh, and that's what we're going to look for again. So hope to, hope to have some of you join us for that process. And... Uh, and, and what's great uh, about I'm that and the is the whole plot, the whole plop theory or the whole idea behind the plop where you just put something out there without any, any, uh, 
um, direction, uh, just give children freedom and time. Um, when we've had people test drive our different ideas, the response is back, how different different groups of children interpreted the, where am I going with this? Interpreted? Totally interpreted. Interpreted? How they interpreted, interpreted, how they manipulated, there's the better word, how different groups of children manipulate the stuff we think is a good idea to plop in front of kids. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just interesting to see all the different directions because this is very open-ended, very open-ended ideas. Anyway, yeah, so funny. we'd like to hear from you. Let us know what your favorite book is, your favorite kids' book, your ch favorite child care book, your favorite fiction book, whatever. Let us know what you're reading, what you like to read, how you like to read. Are you reading paper books? Are you reading on a Kindle? Are you reading on a tablet? What do you think the future of books are? A uh, big part of our of our of our early learning life is is books and words and literacy, and we want to know what you think. So contact us. The other thing is I can't remember what the other thing is, so I'm going to edit this bit out. Alrighty. Got anything else you want to say? Nope. Hey, we're going to wrap it up now. Alrighty. Saying goodbye to you from sunny Orlando. Ha! <laughs> I wish health and happiness. Thanks for joining us. Bye bye.